Welcome to episode 16 of season two. If you just joined, this is Maria at Maria Tharakane on Instagram, and I have Robin at a tired witch on Instagram. We Hello. also have a very, very special guest this podcast, and it is Corey Hutchinson. And you may know him from his book, New, New World Witchery. <laughs> Welcome, Hello. Corey. Hi, thank you for having me on. Thank you for being yes. here. Yeah. (laughs) So, Corey, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? (laughs) Sure. Uh, (laughs) Is this this the superhero origin story? Um, Yeah, yeah. let's hear it. I was born. No, um, no. Uh, so, uh, like you said, I wrote uh, the book New World Witchery, uh, which is basically uh, an overview kind of uh, guide to North American folk magic, uh, mm-hmm. based on you know uh, a podcast that uh, I've been running for the past almost almost twelve years at this point, uh, uh, where we talk to practitioners of various branches of North American folk magic. Uh, we mm-hmm. do articles and discussions about aspects of North American folk magic. Um, I do that with my co-host Lane, uh, who is absolutely delightful. Adore her. Um, and so, uh, yeah. So this is all just uh, you know come together in in book form recently. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's. Um, that's my long time long time fascination is is folk magic particularly north american folk magic so mm-hmm. so yeah that's that's me i really yeah. like your, your book, book by the way amazing <laughs> yeah <laughs> 10 out of 10 oh thanks if nothing uh, else Maria. it'll hold the door open when you need to when you need to <laughs> you know, <laughs> That's what, like, but it's such an easy read. Like when That's we first brought say. it up for our Discord members, they're like, "This is a textbook, Maria. Why did you choose this as our book club book?" And I was like, "But you got to understand, it's a good book, and it's, it's like also, really it's easy to a, read." I mean, it is a textbook, but it's also like not a. Te- mm-hmm. I want people who are listening to this, who've seen Corey's book and maybe been intimidated by the size. It's also in like sixteen point font and it's he cory writes in a way that it is very easy to read i i'm a relatively slow reader i think and i think i read the whole thing in a week mm-hmm. while juggling a newborn yeah. and wow. my job so i know <laughs> if i can do that and find the time for it anyone can <laughs> and that's why that makes me, that makes me feel babe. terrible robin because I, I, like i got your book and i think i've only gotten through the first three chapters so far wow. just because i got so busy but now i'm like well i feel terrible you got a really bad person but like i will forgive you because not everyone can meet my standard of living um well we were doing it from book club so i ha- i, I really made an exception. effort to prioritize it <laughs> listen i am a greek powerhouse okay <laughs> you are in Indeed, you are you are you are some kind of magnificent goddess Listen, for sure. That when was I see, you can ask Maria, I don't actually take free time. <laughs> no, no, like you power on in the morning and you're on until you power down in the evenings. Yeah, so. It's true. I work every every waking hour that I'm awake. Um, so. Cannot anyway, do. No. No. My little, yeah, no, my little three day respite was like, even then, I was still working. 
Yeah. Well, you, you were talking in one of your episodes at one point about like, you're like, I think it was like your perfect day or your perfect morning. And like, <laughs> you were like, and at, at this hour I get to work. And it was sort of like, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel you on that. But, but just like that your perfect morning is like, I have to have work to do. If I don't have work to do, I don't feel complete. So. Yeah. <laughs> but we're talking about you. I don't want to talk about me. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see, it's that old, the Bette Midler one, like, oh, that's enough of me talking about myself. No, you talk about Literally. me for a while. <laughs> I love that riddler. <laughs> oh but, my goodness. So, do you yourself practice, Corey? I do, yes. Uh, yeah, I've been practicing folk magic, some form of, of witchcraft or, or another um, mm -hmm. since I was a teenager, really. Um, and I've always been interested in folk magic. I mean, even since I was a very young child, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I remember mm -hmm. going into a bookstore with my, my mom, who was very Catholic, uh, which that doesn't preclude practicing folk magic obviously right yeah, of course yeah 100 percent. but yeah but and uh, there was this enormous book um on the shelf called it was just called white magic um by uh -huh. uh, someone named patty slade and it's really focused on kind of british seasonal folk witchcraft magic stuff like that uh -huh. but like i begged her for this book and like i think she you know flipped through it was kind of like well there's, there's not a lot of devils or anything in here, so maybe it's okay. I'm like, oh, oh, if she had known. Um, but, but it was, it was just one of those things that, like, uh, I really liked that because as I was flipping through it, I saw there were lots of little interesting tidbits about, um, you know, uh, you know, peeling an apple all in one strip and throwing the strip over your shoulder, and it reveals mm -hmm. the initial oh, of uh, your true love I and love stuff like that. that. Exactly, I love that. and that's the kind of stuff that, like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, oh, that's you know, I, I love the sort of fictional wand waving sparks flying magic on the mm -hmm. movie screen but i knew that wasn't you know not not that it wasn't you know real in in some capacity right uh, you know and sort of the, the, able to inspire us or something but but it you know i knew that wasn't something that we were going to see out in the in the world mm -hmm. and I, but mm -hmm. i i knew there was something there had to be something out there and so you know even from a very young age i was absolutely looking for that and and yeah finding it was delightful loved it i love that yeah i just googled it i can't it. recall like yeah i can't recall like most of the books i read as a teenager so i'm always oh, so either. jealous of anyone who can i know i was a military brat so anytime my books like i would get a bunch of books and then they'd go missing the next move and so oh. it's like yeah that sucks. <laughs> but yeah but I was in your um, book, you brought up Mormonism and my family was actually more Mormon until we left mm -hmm. the church. And I was like, oh, my God, I never thought of them practicing folk magic. And I was like, but they Mormon, did. The they Book really of Mormon did. is the most occult fucking book I've ever read in my <laughs> life. Homie looked in a hat and he looked into a hat and went, I've seen the word of God. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, well, I mean, you, and then they have the peep stones as well, the peep mm -hmm. stones that he used for for translating and, and reading the book and all that. Uh, and the angel, yeah. his dad was a treasure hunter up in Palmyra area <laughs> of New York. Um, and then even uh, just like I mean, their modern you... day practices where they've got the special mm -hmm. outfits that they wore in the secret temple. Nobody can talk about. Tell me that doesn't sound oh, like some OTO shit. <laughs> you, you, know, you can actually you can actually go in the temples. You can actually if you if you find out when one's being built. So they recently built one over here in Philadelphia mm -hmm. um, and before they are consecrated, you can go in and tour them. And I, I always think that think that's really interesting. But once they're consecrated, it's like verboten. Um, I Maria, did not I'm curious, know that. So it, growing up Mormon, was there a lot of emphasis placed on like dreams as sort of like revealing messages or anything like that? 
honestly, I'm my family were like we would go to church and then uh-huh. would be like, uh, my mom was just there to like make friends because she grew up well, in the Mormon church, and oh, okay. so she just felt like she had to continue on with the thing. But event we left actually right after I was baptized. So oh, wow, <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's good. Okay, <laughs> we're leaving. We checked like, that oh, box. Thanks. Peace. I know. <laughs> That's so funny. But, yeah, I didn't. Re- we didn't really get into it as much as others did, but it was really mm-hmm. interesting reading about it in your book, and was like, oh, well, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm no, sure definitely. my mom or my grandma would be like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but oh gosh, yeah. that's yeah. so funny. <laughs> um. I was going to ask you, because um, you did say that you are practicing and you're a practitioner of folk magic. Do you feel like mm-hmm. it leans towards any specific tradition or just like a amalgamation of several? <laughs> um, I, w- I would say that I'm probably most deeply immersed in um, Southern Conjure, uh, which mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. sort of a broad, a broader brush um, sort of Southern style folk magic um, mm-hmm. that um, you know, it has elements of hoodoo, but it also has elements of Scots Irish practice. Yeah. Has elements of um, uh, of some of the uh, stuff that you find kind of in the Appalachians more generally, and mm-hmm. you know, the Upland South kind of stuff. Um, and that's what I was kind of raised around. And so there's a lot of that that I kind of knew from from being in that area. And then the other mm-hmm. side of that is, like I said earlier, my mom was was Catholic, but. But sort of similarly to um, uh, what you're saying, Maria, was sort of like well, we went to the church. It, it wasn't a, a you know, you know, this wasn't a like you know going to mass every you know three times a week or anything like that. Exactly. Um, but it was very much kind of you know, oh, you lost something, you should pray to Saint Anthony. You know, it was that, <laughs> right. that sort mm-hmm. of um, folk Catholicism. Which, as I got older, I was like, oh, oh, there's a lot of that that I I still draw upon, um, even though I'm not, I'm I'm not exactly. I certainly wouldn't be in good standing with any official <laughs> take, you know, member of the church. But but I think I kind of uh, practice a s- sort of roundabout folk Catholicism that's also mm-hmm. very linked with sort of animism and things like that. Um, and then the the Southern Conjure kind of influences me as well. So yeah, those are the I two things that. that I really do. For the record, I don't think yeah. anybody, even like devout Catholics, are really in good standing with Catholicism. No. Isn't that like the whole point <laughs> of the religion? <laughs> right, it's like the bare minimum requirement is that you have to you need you need to be sinning in order to be saved. Yeah, right? and so. isn't it like by default that all Catholics are like guilty of something? Like, isn't that oh, like yeah, for sure. the point? <laughs> <laughs> and 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 you, you can get told about it all you want by any 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 member of your family. That you exactly. can absolutely be as guilty as you need to be. <laughs> so I was I was actually I was talking about your book to my wife and her brother, mm-hmm. and they grew up Southern Baptist, like the mm-hmm. whole like bringing out the snakes and service, oh, okay. and like people going into trances and stuff like that. And so mm-hmm. I was like, did you guys ever consider that was? A ritual like magic ish. <laughs> they were like, oh, well, now that you put it that way, I mean, yeah, maybe a little bit. Um, <laughs> so it was. Right. <laughs> I was just with yes. Temp, as you guys know, and uh-huh. my mm-hmm. husband is a Catholic. 
And he, we were talking about ghosts or something, and he's like, nope, don't believe in ghosts. You either go to heaven or you go to hell. And Temp goes, your entire religion is based on ghosts. And he was like, what do you mean? And she's like, the Holy <laughs> Ghost? It's like the main guy? <laughs> and that really made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, plus there's the whole, like, whether or not whether or not they formally recognize it, the whole, like, the sort of hierarchy of, of levels of different, like, the sort of Dante's Inferno right, where you're right, like, right. well. <laughs> you're in hell, but you're not in real hell. You're in kind of like hell's suburbs right now. So <laughs> right. It's like, I mean, maybe there's maybe there's a day trip that people take back from. And then we were, we were talking about limbo visit. and how limbo is a part of Earth. Yep. And it's like it's directly below the Earth's <laughs> crust. It is on Earth. Like, <laughs> oh, we'll yep. love a little good bit of Catholic jokes in the morning. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If you just joined us this week, every week we talk about an upcoming lunar phase and what that means for our practice. This is just a recommendation for, you know, what what you can utilize the moon for. It is not an astrological reading. Please stop DMing me telling me that I did it wrong because it didn't affect your sign because that's not what this means. <laughs> so that being said, the full moon in Pisces on September 20th. So when this comes out tomorrow, it'll be three days after this episode airs. Uh, we are mm-hmm. looking at a bunch of different energies that involve kind of like dream work uh, magic. We're looking at things like past life healing we're looking at divination interpreting interpreting our life cycles we are looking at healing from trauma and basically just uh, allowing the dream aspects of ourselves the intuitive aspects of ourselves etc to thrive if you are doing magic that is trying to heal or repair things, you might want to focus on things like repairing lack of empathy in somebody, pride, any detachment or indifferences that somebody has um, or you yourself has. We remember people aren't projects, but uh, <laughs> perhaps we need to do a little magic every once in a while and that's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These are the sort of things that we're going to be looking at. So very, uh, very emotional moon. So if feelings crop up for you during this lunar phase, that's normal and valid. And as Maria said, there is, well, it said off air. None of you know this. (laughs) I'm saying it like you know that. (laughs) There is a retrograde coming up on the 23rd is when Mercury retrograde starts. Yes. So you could do what Maria um, does and already start blaming retrograde before it starts. Hey, as I said, as I said, Nike said it and said that we're already starting to see some of the effects. I'm just saying. I'm just going off of what Nike said. But on the I'm Pisces moon, Nike and I'm going to be like, you've started something. <laughs> so like, I like to use the Pisces moon for, as you said, divination and 
I like to use water for the Pisces moon. So I do like scrying with water, which if you are on our Patreon, we have a water scrying um, spell on there. So I highly recommend looking at that. Um, And also I like to do a good tarot reading about like emotional healing and stuff. So yeah, it's a very so, uh, curious. Would you also, I mean, with the emotional content of of mm-hmm. Pisces, would you feel like, you know, that's also a time when you might look to either provide yourself with kind of emotional comfort food or emotional oh, yeah. comfort for others? Not not oh. necessarily like food, food. Although I'm I'm no, never yeah. going to say no food. to a good meal. But yeah, but also <laughs> like you know, watching your favorite movie or reading a favorite book or, or something to that. Yeah, effect, right? a thousand percent. Oh, yeah, and I would also Especially- say. <laughs> In terms my of moon, like, like my personal moon lands on the full moon. So yes, I'm definitely already doing those things. I mean, I love that for you. <laughs> I would also no, say in, in a non-magical <laughs> aspect of things in my, at least my personal experience when it comes yeah. to the Pisces full moon, uh, this is the time that the gaslight girl boss and gatekeep people come out. So just mm-hmm. witness it and move on. Don't fight with them. You know what I mean? They're doing their own thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Pisces, Pisces traditionally rules the feet, right? So, you know, walk away. We yeah, literally, to, literally to walk, walk away. away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, um, I'm pretty sure that the high priestess, no. Yeah. The high, high priestess is a, uh, the Pisces card in tarot. Mm. And uh, I could be wrong. I know I just wrote, I wrote a whole book on this, guys. If I'm I wrong, know, then. Robin, you wrote a book. <laughs> wow. You love to see I'm, I'm pretty kidding. sure it is Pisces, though, um, for the high priestess. And wait, wait, remember, we could just blame it on mom brain. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, well, now okay. I'm like second guessing myself. No, it, it is. It is Pisces. Woo! <laughs> You opened your book, didn't you? Oh, my you? God. What am I, like an author or something? Anyway, <laughs> uh, I, like, know my actual subject or something? Impressive, Robin. Dang. Um, but it, it, in the, 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 the where I was going with this is the high priestess is very much so about, like, already knowing and being of a higher mentality mm-hmm. and a higher mindset. And so when the triple Gs come out, you channel that energy and just... <laughs> You know what I mean? You're above it and move mm-hmm. on. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot that. It is mom brain. Everything is mom brain. <laughs> mom brain. It's fun. <laughs> to the next. <laughs> So if you just started listening to us, every podcast, we talk about a random tarot card. We go over the universal meaning, and then we go into our own interpretations of them. Hearing other people's opinions helps beginners form their own opinions, or even those who have been practicing for a while expand their views on other meanings. So this week, we're talking about the Nine of Pentacles. On this card, you'll see a lady dressed in her finery. She's holding a bird and standing in front of an abundant of a grapevines and there are two trees in the background as well as a big house the universal keywords of this card are success achievement and enjoying the finer things in life when this card pops up in readings i always think it is important to note that it isn't a 10 which means while yes we it does resemble some success we have to keep it up in order to 
you know, to keep it going. Success can be fleeting. And just because we have a successful harvest this year doesn't mean that we're going to have one the next. This doesn't mean we can't enjoy ourselves, though. We should. I mean, we've We've worked hard for what we've cultivated thus far. And if that means, you know, going out and buying yourself something nice, do it. Go out and have a fancy dinner, upgrade your living situation. You deserve it. Additionally, even though, you know, we still have to continue to keep up with the abundance we've created, this card means it will be like smoother sailing from here on out if you, you know, handle the maintenance. But once again, if you let it fall to the wayside, you'll you'll have to work hard to get it back and to get back to where you once were. So how do you see this card, Robin, dear? Uh, the exact opposite of you. <laughs> of course. Uh, of course. <laughs> the Nine of Pentacles to me is a kept woman. So it is not obviously woman being in the card, not specific to the gender of the, the querent. Um it is a card of somebody who has the finer things in life, but also gets to live the life of luxury where they get to hang out in their mm-hmm. garden and enjoy the things that, that are around them. Um, it is a card that is does, like you said, it's in the process of developing things like our self-worth, our self-discipline. But it also tells mm-hmm. us that while we're working on these things, that you are not going to sort of lose your footing, if you will, in terms of your personal wealth and comfort. And so it is finding this really great balance between things like material wealth and also having the time and energy for our personal self-growth, our spiritual growth, and, you know, just having inner completion. Um mm-hmm. I think it's a, it is, like I said, like, it's like a kept woman. It is a housewife, but it is a housewife who has people who clean her house for her and, you know, a personal chef to cook. She just gets to focus on things that fill her own personal cup. And uh, I think that's kind of, I, I like this card. Every that's time I see it, I'm like, Empress energy. Very <laughs> big Empress. Empress energy. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the Empress is so much about like... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Growing all those things mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. I feel like this is a little bit more stable than that, if that makes sense. The the growth has already happened and but we can to a to a functioning level and now we can just kind of continue to grow and explore ourselves, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I yeah. love your point of view. I disagree, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, that's because you're stinky and wrong. <laughs> I know. Per <laughs> usual. <laughs> so, Corey, do you read? Uh, I do. I tend to use playing cards uh, more oh, than I, I love use that. Uh, tarot cards. Um, and this would kind of equate to, I think, the Nine of Diamonds. Um, I love uh, that. Just in terms of sort of the, the pentacles being about sort of material things, the diamonds being about sort of material things. Um, but... Um, um, but then, you know, so this would be kind of daydreaming or peace, uh, which mm-hmm. you get this idea that she sort of has this luxury time in the garden. Um, it could also be, depending on kind of how you read, it could also be the nine of clubs, mm-hmm. um, which also has that kind of business association <laughs> that the pentacles have. And that would be um, like a forest uh, or, or a reaping, a harvest of some sort mm-hmm. as well. So so the mm-hmm. idea of sort of seeing things that have come 
to completion, but not necessarily um, without labor. But the real thing, like with the thing I tend to do with a lot of cards when I'm reading cards is I also try to sort of think about uh, the story that's kind of being connected here. And this, you know, she's got a falcon, right? Like that's the bird that she's Mm -hmm. got is like a falcon Mm -hmm. with a hood, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it makes me think of there's this Russian fairy tale called Finnis the Falcon or Finnis the Bright Falcon, which mm-hmm. is all about this young woman who has this kind of prince who can transform into a falcon who comes and visits her in her either her you know tower or her gardens, kind of what Robin's saying, the kept woman, right? The sort of mm-hmm. secret. You know, she has this kind of space to herself and she gets to have this, this lover that comes visit her. Um, and it's really, really nice. But then as soon as she reveals that she has this lover, her sisters decide, well, we don't want your, we don't want you to be happy um, because, <laughs> because we're sisters and that's what sisters do, right? So we're going to put Love like that. stuff on the window to, to chase him away and all this. So to me, one of the things that you could see in this card is a sense of being satisfied, but kind of keeping it to yourself, um, mm-hmm. enjoy, enjoying it privately, enjoying a little bit of peace and tranquility and the fruits of your labors privately without needing to make a show of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you, you okay. have that space, which is a little more nine energy than 10 energy, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. Love that. Oh my God. Yes. 10 out of 10. No, it's, it's, her <laughs> secret, it's her secret garden. She's this kept woman yeah. in her little secret <laughs> garden, just thriving, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. With her little. Her little falcon friend, right? Her, her little bird friend. <laughs> She's on Twitter, but not that Twitter. So <laughs> she keeps her account private. Yeah, exactly. She's got it locked up. It's got a little hood. <laughs> So the autumn equinox is right on the horizon. This is another harvest festival in a time of equal night and day. On one hand, we celebrate the abundance we've created through the year. And on the other, we explore the polarity of life and death. The leaves are starting to change. Well, if you're not having a second second summer like us in the south and the leaves are starting to slip in hibernation for the cooler days, the nights will get longer, the days will get shorter. Everyone seems to begin to slow down, which is nice, respite from the go-go nature of summer. So what are you doing, Corey, for this time ahead? Sure. Um, well, for, first, uh, my actual um, wedding anniversary is on uh, uh, September twenty third. So, so that oh, tends to kind of take precedence. Yeah, <laughs> yes. a lot of other things. Um, so there's there's that. Um, but then uh, I actually don't wind up celebrating um, what sort of is normally seen as like Mabin uh, on on the autumnal equinox, um, just because my practice is more Catholic inflected. I wind up celebrating something called Michaelmas. Um, which happens on September 29th. Um, it's technically the feast of St. Michael and all archangels, um, which um, the, arc, the all archangel stuff has been, was added on a good bit later. It used to just basically be St. Michael's, St. Michael's day. Um, and St. Michael is one of the, the archangels. Um, but there's a lot of really neat lore that kind of gets packed into to that. So Michael is one of the few angels that's named um, in the Bible. Um, he's seen to do battle with this kind of great dragon and the book of Revelation and all this kind of stuff. And I'm not going to get, don't worry, I'm not trying to get all biblical on you. I'm t- saying this because they're like, <laughs> oh, no, like this is this, really interesting. Yeah, so there's this one with this that kind of goes with this. <laughs> so you really have the kind of these two things. And honestly, like I, I actually put on my, uh, when I'm doing my kind of like um, my honoring, uh, I'll do 
uh, candles to both uh, Michael and then I do kind of a version of Lucifer uh, mm-hmm. as, as sort of a, a counterbalance because it's both of their day really. Um, he's he is also essentially an archangel, right? Just yeah, yeah. Not like like all of us Catholics, he's just not in good standing, right? So, yeah. <laughs> um, so I do that, and it's also uh, you know good day, a good day for like telling devil tales, right? So telling stories like the Devil's Sooty Brother from the Brothers Grimm's and things like that. So um, it's so, kind of like the whole like um, this you know exploring the polarity of life and death a little bit, just like. Yeah, it's it's really um, upper world, underworld uh, yeah. kind of mingled because mm-hmm. um, this you know the dragon is also kind of the serpent, and so you can do like sort of this slipping into the earth, chthonic sort of mm-hmm. stuff, um, you know, and, and and you know connecting with uh, the underworld that way, and then yeah, um, and then there's also sort of a because Michael is the protector, the archangel protector um, mm-hmm. with the, the big big old sword. Um, I also sort of renew all the wards on my house uh, that day as well. So I put up a lot of sort of protective stuff around my house during the, during that time period. So that's yeah. me. <laughs> oh, and blackberries. Blackberries are a big part of it because you're not supposed to pick blackberries after Michaelmas. Because after that, the I devil knew that. Uh, either... Yeah, yeah, he's on the <laughs> I remember reading about that somewhere before, and I, uh, yeah. I remember thinking that that was so interesting. So I didn't mean to yep. shout like that. Like I, no, I, no, no, it's fun. I love it. Robin got so excited. <laughs> I know. About I was the like, I would have got on Jeopardy. I would have got it. <laughs> <laughs> I would still lose but Jeopardy, but Robin? I would get the six hundred dollars uh, for that one point. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> and be so excited about it. <laughs> Except for I wouldn't get it because I'd word it wrong. I'd just be like, blackberries. <laughs> it wasn't in the form of a question. Please leave uh, our stage. How did you get please it? Please get out of here, Robin. <laughs> Disgusting. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. What do you do, uh, I love that I zoned back in for half a second to be like, blackberries. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Yeah, so what do you all do? Well, um, for me, I do not, I do not celebrate um, the autumnal equinox as it often is. Um, I also use this time of the year though to focus on wards, like you, mm-hmm. you like you said. Um, the I the I try I try doing it at like the end of September, beginning of October. I don't have like a specific date that I do it on, but that like mm-hmm. two week window. I will do all my window washing and floor washing just to protect for the season ahead. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually just did a ring of eggshell powder around my house, like Mm -hmm. the day before I left for Portland because Mm -hmm. we were going to be gone and I didn't want anything inviting itself in. Um, (laughs) Uh, but yeah, I massively use this time of the year to focus on things like wards and like semi-annual r- big re-upping up, re-upping protections. So mm-hmm. I focus on that sort of thing because when, especially when we focus on, not focus, but when we shift towards sowing, um, you mm-hmm. have like, you know, the veil crumbles into dust and the plot <laughs> of Ghostbusters comes to life. <laughs> 
I told somebody about that this last weekend and they were like, that literally is the plot of Ghostbusters. I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, That's the best. But because the thing, because we do traditionally see this time of the year as the beginning of the shift towards the veil thinning and getting at its thinnest mm-hmm. or whatever, depending on, of course, what school of thought that you believe in. Um mm-hmm. Uh, for me in my culture we are moving a lot closer to uh the day of the dead and with that Mm -hmm. it is its own kind of veil thinning and i like to just start preparing now for Mm -hmm. that sort of thing so keeping unwanted spirits out but also inviting wanted spirits in and that sort of Mm -hmm. balance if it makes sense so i do a lot of i make chamomile washes for the windows so it's mm-hmm. essentially like a giant chamomile tea. <laughs> and I wash all the windows and door frames with that. And then I do a peppermint-based floor wash. My house smells like an mm. amazing herbal tea when I'm done. But For it, real. Yeah, but it does the job. So <laughs> it takes That's like amazing. three days to get it all done, too. Because I don't know if you've ever hand-washed um, tiny home windows when you live in a school bus but there are uh 50 of them <laughs> and oh, thanks it, it's a lot of windows <laughs> it's a lot of washing and every year my husband's like why don't you just use like a stick with with the the brush on it and i'm like that's not what it's for <laughs> it's not for literal <laughs> washing <laughs> No, I'm not trying to get things clean. What? I'm literally putting herbs on the wall. I'm not trying to clean something, you fool, you dangus. That's why I clean everything first, and then I put this shit on it. And he's just like, "You're weird." (laughs) Little chamomile, like you know, those little petals, like just hanging off. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever used uh, chamomile before for like your skin. Um, but yes, when, if did. you do a window window washing with chamomile, mm-hmm. don't wear gloves because your hands will feel incredible afterwards. Like absolutely incredible. <laughs> Thank me later. And you smell delicious. <laughs> you will. You smell like a ap- <laughs> uh, fun little fact. Chamomile means f- ground apple because it smells like apples. That's where mm-hmm. the name comes from. So. You're all welcome. <laughs> this has been Robin's Trivia Facts. I know the most ridiculous things like that. Etymology is my passion, okay? No, no. I know, Listen. I love it. Totally, Listen, totally here for it. it. It's good, okay? It's good, actually, okay? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Down that's what I'm it. doing. What about you, Em? So my family and I, we personally treat the autumn equinox as like a Thanksgiving. We don't celebrate traditional Thanksgiving for, you know, obvious reasons, but we have like a huge dinner with all the fixings and it's seriously a day of like nonstop cooking. And when it's all done, hopefully it's worth it. (laughs) But my family and I go like around the table and tell each other how thankful we are for one another. And then we say what we wish would happen for each other this upcoming season. And after dinner is all cleaned up, we do like a little family apple spell, which is actually on the patreon so if you're a patreon member please check it out it's super easy and even delicious it's a great way to get a whole family involved if you have like witchlings running around and after all is said and done and then if the night is cool enough (laughs) we sit around like a dressed 
cinnamon, allspice, and orange peel birchwood fire, and we drink like a glass of glog. Now, I know that's traditionally traditionally a winter drink, but it's my favorite, and I'm not going to give it up. So, yeah. But it's just a day of, like, family and togetherness and stuff like that. So, yeah. I love that. And we that. also, like, yeah, and we try to donate and stuff like, you know, give back in some way on Maybon as well. So, That's yeah. nice. Thanks. <laughs> Probably made pumpkin bread. So, mm. I feel like that's pretty much the same thing as a lovely dinner um, in every way. <laughs> identical some would even say (laughs) i only make two big dinners a year and that's all everyone is getting so (laughs) (laughs) when is your other big dinner oh during um the winter solstice so oh that i guess that that makes sense (laughs) yeah (laughs) sometimes sometimes we have one for the you know for spring but uh, i don't know Usually it does not end up working out in my favor. But you know, you know how it is with the equinoxes and the solstices. It's all about food and putting food true. in your stomach. Right. It's about I mean, bread. That's literally every holiday that, that, I, that I can do is, yeah. how can I use this as an excuse to eat something I really want to eat? It's for bread. Sure. Exactly. It, is, it is literally just bread. How many different ways can I make bread? Yes. Yes. Um, I used to do recipes. Yes, we, the, we don't need a wheel of the year. We need a, a wheel of baking wheel of bread. or a wheel of the bread. Yeah. I uh, <laughs> I used to do recipes on Tired Witch for all the the Sabbaths, and mm-hmm. I quickly realized I was like, I'm just giving them different like flour based recipes. That's all it is. Like I had like a sun dried tomato one for the summer solstice, like bread. I had the 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 woven bread for Beltane, mm-hmm. like. Just bread. Though I do feel like half of the year is like, you know, the sexiest celebrations ever. ever, And then the second half of the year is like, okay, I'm getting ready for winter. I'm going to eat as much as I can. Yes. <laughs> See, to, to me, that those two things merge together. Like, feed, feed me well. <laughs> yes. Like, let's let's eat lots of food. And, and then that, I don't know, that's something very sexy about really well-made food. So... <laughs> So I'm like, all your I would, I, there's no distinguishing line for me is what I'm saying. I it's all eating. thousand percent. There is something sexy about really good food. There's something exceptionally sexy about really good food that was made with love. Okay. And mm-hmm. I get that that doesn't sound maybe like it should be that way because most people think of like their mom making them food with love. But trust me. The food can be sexy, okay? <laughs> Ooh, is that a sexy roast beef? Like, yes, it is. <laughs> I, do, I, I don't know if I actually want Robin's mashed potatoes now. I think that's... Oh, you do? Yeah. Yeah. You ever heard of a little thing called a cake of light? Um, <laughs> these are my uh, potatoes of light, Okay. <laughs> disgusting if you are listening to this and you don't know what a cake of light is do not google it (laughs) because if you're gonna go surely this isn't what she means it is (laughs) that's exactly what i'm talking about at least wait till after the mercury retrograde to google that please (laughs) oh god (laughs) (laughs) oh my god the best So, Corey, what is stirring your cauldron this week? 
totally prepared me for the sexy voice. You told me there was going to be the sexy voice. And then I still, I still was totally caught off guard by that. That was amazing. Thank um, you. What's stirring my cauldron is uh, weirdly science-y stuff right now. There's been a lot of really fun kind of science-based uh, things that I've just either been running up against or, or kind of running into. So um, Kat Brialis, um, who does the Borealis Meditations podcast, she's a geologist and, and a pagan. And she's been posting from Ahuila'u, uh, which is mm-hmm. this volcanic rift on Hawaii and um, like showing like her doing field work there and like collecting some of the obsidian and things like that. And um, uh, I don't know if you guys follow, do you know Alexis Nicole, the, the black forager? Yes. I don't. Yes. Yes. So, I don't. Like yes. her whole thing on TikTok. If you if you are not following her or watching her videos, you are doing yourself a massive disservice. She's yes. amazing. I will She's look her so up. Good. She's so good. Um, and then, like, up. I just finished reading uh, Merlin Sheldrake's Entangled Life, uh, which is all about kind of why mushrooms will save us all, basically, and kind of getting mm-hmm. into like fungi and plants and and how they all work together. So weirdly like science is just making me making me really really happy right now <laughs> and we need that yes we yeah. do <laughs> i love that yeah. i mean i think it's i think it's good you know we're a very magically oriented group of people and sometimes it's mm-hmm. really good to also kind of turn back to the real world and say hey the science can be just as enchanting as the magic is so exactly yeah i totally agree I mean, with that yeah, and brewing like tinctures and salves and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's sciencey. I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> the only like difference between like you know scientists and like stuff like that, they have crazier, better equipment and a great education. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> So, Corey, what's not stirring your cauldron this week? You severely undersold the sexiness of that. Um, <laughs> that was excellent. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> there's, just, there's just no, just no boundaries. Here, just, just flinging boners for everybody, okay? There's your, there's your t-shirt. There's your next your next podcast oh t-shirt, gosh. flinging boners. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, no. So, what's not stirring my cauldron right now mm-hmm. Um uh, is honestly, there's been kind of a rash of, and this has been not just, you know, this week or month, but very much kind of over the past couple of years, um, sort mm-hmm. of instant experts coupled with anti-intellectualism, mm-hmm. um, where you have people who, you know, because they did a 10 minute Google search, they now have, um, they, they now feel like they have a, a credible argument against people who have been doing, you know, lab research for the, the better part of a decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, or uh, you know, there was a strong kind of anti-book sentiment for a minute there with kind of God, uh, the witchy that. community, um, which well, don't get me wrong. I don't think books are the end all be all of everything. And I'm not just saying that because I'm an author. I think, you know, I, I, before I did this book, I literally had something like 200 articles for free up on our website, but it's, it's about, it's about, you know, making sure that people you know, go and do their research and think through these things and don't just take for granted, you know, that because they saw one person on TikTok do this one spell this one way, that's the only way that spell can ever be done or even mm-hmm. the, the best way to do that spell. Um, mm-hmm. And then they'll take that information and then turn around and say like, well, you're not doing it the way that this other person did it. Therefore, it's wrong and <laughs> shut it down. Everybody go home, right? So that's very <laughs> frustrating. Um, yeah. I just wish 
people were saying, you know, oh, I don't know, or I'm open to learning, or I was wrong would be fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) We get that Uh, all the time on like social media. Yeah. I think that's something that social (laughs) media in general could take home a lot better is by learning to be okay with saying, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or I made a mistake. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, you know, you know, I'm happy to to learn from that. Yeah, it's impossible for everyone for anyone to know literally everything. So there's no shame in saying, you know what, I don't know. And I'm gonna look that up. Or you know what, I don't know. And it doesn't really, you know, pertain to me. So I'm going to just move on with my life. And that's okay. And then yeah, and then there's the whole, you know, like not trusting experts, as you said. Like, you know, yeah. I posted to Twitter about witches being really pushy when it comes to fixing everyone's, you know, issues, including those with like chronic illness and even disabilities. And then the same breath, like scoffing at someone who says they got help for it medically. And, you know, I'm all for doing things natural when it warrants it. But unfortunately, you know, like, there's a disease growing in my body. It isn't go, going anywhere, even with medical intervention in the herbs I take, the spells I do to help with, you know, help with it. But all I can do is treat it. So like someone coming in and being like, I can fix you is so cringy. I cannot. I cannot. I can yeah. fix you. I can fix you. <laughs> yes. fix you. I mean, I w- <laughs> just reach up in me and grab it out. Yes. yes. Let, come here. <laughs> First of all, there is a joke there, and you just open the door for it. Um, what Maria's saying, guys, I is too much to be fisted. I heard it. I, I think I think Maria is going to be getting some of Robin's potatoes of light real soon. So. No. Oh, if somebody listening to this does not make a meme out of Maria getting fisted, I'm going to be so mad. Like that's all I'm saying. Uh. I'm not going to be mad. I, 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 would, I would rather not. Let's, let's not. Let's no, not say we like, did. Uh, for, okay, let me clarify uh, before somebody <laughs> takes it way too far. Do not take a photo of someone getting fisted and put Maria's face on it. Please. No. <laughs> I no. meant just a joke of like the expression, okay? <laughs> oh my God. I think we need I can to go back to flinging boners. Going. I think that's way better. Oh, so. Jesus Christ. But I'm going to go back to bed. Also, guys. <laughs> I also think it's important to be like, um, you know, a lot of, so, not a lot, but like, you know, some witches are illiterate, but there are mm-hmm. like other ways to learn this information. Sure. Like you can listen to like Corey's podcast, podcast. like, and Aww. you can also like, yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, and then also go to witches that have like background and knowledge and stuff like that and watch like their youtube videos because a lot of like you know authors and stuff like that do have different like media outlets where they talk about their work and you you learn a lot and it's actually really fun to just sit there and watch it so yeah, yeah i agree yeah absolutely and it's yeah especially i mean so many i mean that's the one thing i've i've, I've seen is most of the authors we have kind of in the witchy sphere at least the, at least the ones that that I've interacted with and the ones that I think are, are reputable, mm-hmm. um, they're, they're so willing to share information. They're so eager to, mm-hmm. to just connect and put, put information out there. And yeah, they would love for you to buy their, buy their book, but they're also just as happy for you to get it through your library. Oh, um, and so yeah. they're, you know, they're willing to, to put this stuff out there and really share it. Um, so yeah, I, I would say definitely. Yeah. You know, ex- experts I, are not your enemy. <laughs> yes, exactly. I agree. And, um, 
I feel like a bunch of witches. Like we're su- like we're very creative people, so yeah. we're going to find any way to spread that creativity in Not a me. way yeah. that's out- even outside of books. Even mashed potatoes. <laughs> even you mashed can't potatoes. say that, Robin. Not I me. mean, you have like what six social medias. You go <laughs> oh, you're being very I mean, loud right now. Okay, uh, I've never done any of that in my life. <laughs> you make me feel so like I don't work enough. <laughs> that's true you're very lazy i'm constantly saying that. i am i know <laughs> no, no, i'm a no, lady no. of leisure like the, like the in, nine of pentacles in, <laughs> in my garden oh my god now that is you really do need to take it take a photo maria you need to take a photo of you with a falcon if you can work that out somehow just you petting a falcon I can photoshop that in <laughs> real real falcon so i know it's real okay <laughs> animated okay i'm hearing it (laughs) fantastic please if you've just joined us this week every week we talk about creators that we are loving right now these are accounts that we have found shops that we found artists that we found organically and these are not ads so that being said as i have to say it every time apparently (laughs) don't dm us asking to be on here or similar it's not going to happen and maria and i will privately laugh at you um not publicly we're (laughs) we're not naming shamers but privately we're mocking you. So don't do that. It's rude. <laughs> so that being said, so Corey, who are you <laughs> loving right now? I am getting really excited about there's going to be, um, you know, how every, you know, every October there's this sort of collaboration or there's not a collaboration, but this sort of um, outpouring of art from artists for what's called Inktober. And mm, yes. that sort of has shifted the past couple of years. And this year um, I saw there's going to be a whole thing that's called Folktober. Um, where they're using largely kind of British Isles folklore, but just sort of mm-hmm. themes from folklore um, to to inspire the art. So like one day they'll do the Green Man. One day they're going to do um, the the Mary Low. They have uh, Sin Eaters. Um, they have uh, the Dorset Ozer, uh, mm-hmm. Kelpies, things like that. So, it's, mm-hmm. you know, being inspired to do art kind of on that hashtag called Folktober. Cool. I'm really, really excited about that. That is I love, really cool. I love October. It's so much fun online. Just seeing, oh, yeah. uh, like, everyone gets so creative. And mm-hmm. yes, please. Yeah, As no, I artist, completely I agree. Appreciate that. 100%. What about you, Maria? So, I, well, I got a book about maybe a month ago called, called Kitchen Witchery by mm-hmm. Laura Woodward. And it is okay. amazing. It is so good. It, it's a correspondence book, like for, <laughs> of course, <laughs> for, for you know, kitchen witchery stuff. But it also has, like, recipes that I can actually eat. Like, there's gluten-free and dairy-free recipes in there. And wow. that's kind of, that's hard to find for kitchen witchery books. And she even goes into the different grains and what they mean and how you can use them in spell work, vegetables, and oh, it's just a really well-written and well-researched book, and I really appreciate it. And I think she's coming up, come, well, she's starting to begin the process of writing a new book, and it mm-hmm. seems like it's going to be something to do with um, house spirits, and mm. I'm here for it. Like, 10 out of 10. Um, That's really cool. Yeah, so excited. Yeah. So how about you, Robin? 
Um, I, as you guys know, I just did a book signing in Portland at this place called Sea Grape Apothecary. And the shop in general was really cool. But specifically, I use their soap in their bathroom that they make there, like at the shop. And when I tell you, I have never in my life used a handmade soap that made my hands feel softer immediately afterwards. I bought four bars at the, <laughs> at the apothecary and I'm probably going to be buying more. It was incredible. And they've got like a whole line that have has correspondence, like magical correspondence with the soaps, et cetera. Like really freaking cool. Oh, oh my they had, God. Like, it, it was honestly incredible. Like that entire shop was incredible and they had an entire mm-hmm. like bath line. So like I can't obviously speak for like the bath salts and stuff like that because I I'm I wasn't like, hey, can I take a bath really quick in your back be- your back uh, bathroom? <laughs> you guys could just uh, take a little soap I'm just going to get quick. in the sink. <laughs> <laughs> just fold myself up in the utility sink. Like, this is great. <laughs> um, but I did use their soaps, and it was incredible, and they all smell incredible. So I will be continuing to buy from them. And if you guys go and you buy a soap from them, which you should do. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the copies of my book at that store right now are signed, whether you buy it online or in person. So just saying. Because I'm not awesome. bringing signed copies back to my my store. That was a lot of work. <laughs> Shipping all that. Robin I, feel, Robin, I feel like I've, I've learned in this episode that soft hands are very important to you. It is important to me. <laughs> Listen, here's, here's my dirty story. You've called me on the floor and I'm going to tell you the, the worst part about me. Um, I have hyperhidrosis, which means that I have really sweaty hands and feet, like really Mm -hmm. sweaty, and it causes my hands to be like really dry simultaneously. Like they're really sweaty, but the salt from the sweat makes my hands dry. Um, Mm -hmm. So soft hands is like hard to find for me. So... Yeah, it is important. No, I love that. Very revealing. I love this. Sweaty I'm bitch. Just imagining, <laughs> I just imagine you with two buckets on the side with chamomile water and you just have Literally, your hands constantly. Listen, it's true. <laughs> if, if something does, if something for me works well enough that I notice my hands being soft, I'm like, it's mm-hmm. such a big deal to me. It's so like, I'm like, wow. Oh, right. This is how hands are supposed to feel. <laughs> mm. That's amazing. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sweaty as shit. Funny. So that is 100% what's going on there. I am disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm the TikTok thing. I'm still a piece of garbage. Literally. <laughs> I'm still a piece of garbage. That's me. But I'm still sweaty, bitch. <laughs> oh, but now with soft God. hands. Yeah, with soft hands. <laughs> Thanks, Sea Grape Apothecary. Thank you all for being here today, and we hope that we we will see you for our next episode on Friday, October 1st. And if you didn't already see, Maria and I made a website. Um, It is coffeeandcoldrooms.com. All credit goes to Robin. It's amazing. You were there. You You were there in spirit. So (laughs) (laughs) she was there, sort of. So it's fine. Maria helped. (laughs) 
Go to coffeeandcauldrons.com where it has all of our links, including things like the free book resources that are free and legal, as well as the beginner list recommendations. It has links to our Twitter, our now Facebook, because we have a Facebook now, and our Instagram. And you can do any of that to find out more information about the podcast. Yeah, or even better, joining us on our Discord tier, which is First Coven, on Patreon, so we can answer your questions in our part two next time. You'll even get to hear our very sexy voices <laughs> for an additional 30-ish <laughs> minute episode on being for being in the Patreon, casting tier and up. So, again, this is Coffee and Cauldrons with Robin from At A Tired Witch on Instagram. And I'm Maria from at Maria the Arcane on Instagram. And I'm Corey from at New World Witchery on Instagram and all of the places. <laughs> all right, you guys okay. ready? Yeah, ready. Let's try it. <laughs> Let's do all right. it. All right. One, One two, two, three. Great. <laughs>